Welcome to the Future Print Podcast, celebrating print technology and the people behind it. Hello and welcome to the Future Print Podcast. I'm Karis Kopp, delighted to be joined by Jill Heens. Uh, Jill, web woman, logo lady, brand boss. I can't take credit for that. I took that from your website and I loved it. So I thought that's just a really nice intro, but I think you'll do a much better job of, of um, explaining a bit about you and who you are. So first of all, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and I think just um, let's start at the beginning, perhaps. Why don't you, you um, maybe just explain a little bit about, about your background? I know that, you know, you're in graphic design. Mm-hmm. It, I get the sense from from knowing you a little bit that you've always been a kind of creative type. So why don't you, you tell yeah. us a bit about your um, your background and how you got to, to where you are? Yeah, well, um, I was studying some kind of uh, scientific direction because my parents didn't want me to be a master in uh, art. Uh, And I didn't feel a place there. So eventually they did give me, uh, they did allow me to try and go for a master in graphic design. And I felt so much at place there. The people, I had a connection with the people there. Uh, the people who were teaching me. So I really felt at home there. And when I um, finished my studies, I had a really cool job in a um, place where all kind of uh, opticians were united. So I got to to design all their marketing material and choose two uh, pair of glasses every year, which was great (laughs) because I have a small uh, addiction for (laughs) I was going to say you got you're wearing a fabulous pair now. You were wearing a fabulous pair when yeah, I saw you in Geneva. So yeah, it's anyone... a little bit of an obsession. <laughs> so I was uh, very glad with that job, but uh, after three years, I noticed that um, having to go through the marketing circle every year didn't get me to be really creative anymore. It was always kind of the same thing I was doing and I didn't feel that creative anymore. So I was afraid that um, my passion for design would kind of die a silent death. And Mm -hmm. um, I moved to another company, which was also very cool. They were in uh, event business. So I got to see all these great projects that they were doing. A lot of them also were abroad. So they really had some big um, expositions, big theaters that they dressed. Uh, They did uh, showbiz textiles. Um, And that was great too. But well, it was the same problem. After a few years, I kind of got bored. And then um, I started aside a little uh, side hustle uh, with indri, <laughs> which means uh, impression in English um, and I started uh, my being my own boss in graphic design there uh, but for the smaller projects uh, like birth cards and um, invitations for weddings and stuff like that um, and then uh, for the full-time job I moved to a printing company mm-hmm. and I got to be the account manager there And they really loved the fact that I had a background in design because I could be of big use advising our clients and telling them like, okay, uh, when you want to deliver uh, the PDF, you got to keep in mind uh, those and those and those and those points because that's important. And that was really valuable for them. But after a while, um, yeah, 
everybody in printing already knows. I didn't know it by that stage, but I got to know it very fast. A lot of fusions and um, our company wasn't doing re really well. So I moved to another company, uh, felt really at home there. It was such a cool place to work. But they had a fusion too, and they uh, moved the offices to Brussels, which is, Belgium's not that big, but this is quite a big uh, distance from where I live. Mm. And, um, a lot of traffic also, so I couldn't really keep in touch with the projects that I sold. Mm. And um, then I started thinking like, okay, this graphic design stuff, I've always really been loving doing that I also noticed that like Indrik was um was growing without me doing really any effort for that so yeah I, I had the feeling like maybe it's time just to jump and give it a try mm. so here we are five years later <laughs> I didn't regret it for a minute oh that's amazing and then, um, and for 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 people who may not know, can you talk a little bit about Indruk and yeah. uh, and what is it you do and and what you focus on? Yeah, with uh, Indruk, I focus on female entrepreneurs. Uh, at first, it wasn't really obvious to me that my uh, clients were mostly female, but then I started um, working on my strategy and um, looking up what my ideal client would look like, and then I noticed like, oh well. 95% of my clients are women. Um, and that's the most easy, fluent way for me to work. I have the feeling that uh, other women value my expertise more than men. Mm. When I work with men, I have a few male customers and that works fine. But I had encountered a few problems with other male clients that I, uh, yeah, I terminated the cooperation with them mm. because they were challenging me constantly like well are you sure uh, isn't this better and I feel like every project is a cooperation but I didn't feel um, rec recognized in in my expertise they were mm -hmm. trying to go over it every time again and that was so tiring and I'd something like but why do you hire my expertise when you think you know everything better if you mm. know everything better no problem but isn't it much easier for both of us that you just do everything yourself yeah. <laughs> oh. um and then uh with Indrik I first started designing prints uh, a lot of uh, print work I had um, a very nice project uh for a book for a jubileum for um a client of mine was mm -hmm. five years in business and it was such a great thing to do because they really reserved a budget for uh, nice print work, nice artwork. Um, I used to do a lot of uh, personalized uh, printed mailings too, but everything is changing. So I also had to change the scope of my own business. And um, I designed logos, always have been designing logos mm. but I took websites in it too so for three or four years I've been designing websites too amazing and 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 going back to that yeah I know, I know and, and it's something that you've obviously embraced because you know just a, a look at your website shows that you're uh you describe Indruk as a kickstarter for brands for for female entrepreneurs why mm. do you think it is that you've perhaps got more of an affinity um with female entrepreneurs and perhaps it's you know and again for for anyone that um 
thinks we're saying, oh, you don't like working with men. You know, obviously that's not the case at all. You're just saying that it happens to have been um, yeah. more ma- more kind of male voices that are have- having that kind of pushback. Why do mm. you think that that, that is? Oh, I don't know. Um, I have the feeling that the conversation with women just works more fluent. Mm. We the same language and men sometimes I'm very direct very blunt sometimes <laughs> sometimes men feel it as a provocation but mm. that's not what I'm intending to do mm. I just want to work and I want to work quickly I'm alone in my company so I have to work as efficiently as possible and where I used to think that it's um, mostly something for girls to be to beat around the bush eh? and, mm. and it's I feel it's totally the opposite thing it's totally the contrary yeah um, men kind of like beat around the bush <laughs> and when I speak to women and I just say like okay when we do it like this and that and that and that I think it would be it would be better do you agree or don't you agree it's like yes I do because of that and that and that reason and it's just more easy for me mm. probably I think they just have a misinterpretation of my words, maybe my attitude. I don't know. It just not. It's just not really working out really good, which mm. is strange because I have much more male friends than mm. female friends. So that was something that I really didn't expect when I uh, started with Indruk. Yeah, I never thought that I would work for women more than for men. Mm. And it, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And it's something you were um, you joined us in Geneva, which was excellent, yeah. where we where yeah. we met at the um, Future Print Leaders Summit, um, where I actually moderated a panel where we talked about women leading uh, in print, um, mm. and I had some incredible uh, female leaders from the industry mm. join me in in that discussion. And I think one of the things that we talked about was that difference in in language and perhaps what a what a more uh, you know, thought of as female traits and male traits, mm-hmm. and uh, how perhaps uh, traditionally the male leadership style is taken as that's what leadership is, whereas actually um, there's there's female traits that you might people might not recognise as as traditional. Um, you know what makes a good leader, but the world is kind of perhaps changing and evolving and and, and recognising that we need. Uh, those different traits as well so you know it could Mm -hmm. be that it it comes down to that as well it's just that that evolving um the the way like you said speaking the same language women are are speaking the same language and perhaps um it it doesn't always translate that way in a business Mm -hmm. environment with with um with men so it's 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 really interesting I think you know it's it's something that we're we're trying to change and evolve but it's also just just really interesting to to take a look at and I think once people start recognizing unconscious behaviors you know that that can only be a good thing that we realize that we're we're um we're behaving a certain way do you, do you think that could be something that plays into it oh I'm sure that female entrepreneurship is something completely different mm. uh, completely there is a big difference because we have a softer style eh? it's not that um normally men don't beat around the bush eh, and are very direct mm. but Women also can be very direct. I experience it that way, but in a softer way. Our way of using words is different. Our way of uh, our posture is maybe different. I'm not sure if if that's describing it right, 
but our attitude is completely different than male uh, attitudes and we are more empathetic we mm. are um we can try to uh, feel um into the the person that works for us or mm -hmm. and that's that's also something that's needed because uh when you see people ha have a big war on talent at this moment and it's mm. very difficult to attract the right profiles to work for you but i'm sure that when you have uh, people working for you that feel really um appreciated and when they have the feeling that like okay when i have trouble at home i can speak to my um ceo about this without mm. having to fear about a promotion that i will be missing because i have some issues at home right in everyone notices that when there are female in business that they add mm. certain qualities and um there's also a proven fact that um companies where with a mixed um directors board they just manage to do their business their mm. business much better they have better figures than uh boards that are solely composed with male um profile yeah. so i'm sure that there are very uh, there's a lot to say for male or female uh, differences but i think that we should unite and that we have to take both best of both worlds yeah 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 i agree and i think yeah that's it's it's not about um you know emulating traditional male styles in in order no. to be a, a female leader it's it's like you said and and it's something we talked about on the panel as well and um I, I certainly have some some statistics. I'm, I'm sure you do as well for people yeah. that are, are more interested in in the numbers than kind of our anecdotal uh, thoughts. And, and and you're right that that diverse boards, you know, whether it's um, diverse ethnicities, male, female, different viewpoints, different backgrounds, yeah. it, it adds up to business success. It just makes good business sense uh, to have that diversity of of input. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it's it's. Um, it's a win-win, you know, you could say. <laughs> Manufacturing is undergoing a digital revolution. The Future Print Tech Digital Print for Manufacturing event will explore the exciting opportunities for inkjet technology in manufacturing industries. Join us at the Muller Centre in Cambridge on the 9th and 10th of November. For more information, visit futureprint.tech forward slash events. That's Future Print Tech Digital Print for Manufacturing. Just talking about the the last few years, I'd be interested to know. You know, obviously we had have the pandemic, um, mm. and I know it certainly changed everything in terms of the way I work. You know, I was uh, again working for, for myself, and um, there were some upsides to it um, from a work perspective as, as well as downsides. What was it like being, um, you know, the, the sole person in your business? Um, during you know during that time during covid what was it like for business and what was it like for you mm. i didn't really um had a lot of damage uh to my numbers and no big financial damage mm. because i'm i'm also always working from home anyways so yeah. that wasn't really a big problem uh the only thing that i experienced was yeah well i couldn't get to the locations uh where my clients were to get uh cool brand photos mm. so i didn't have any photos to put on the website so there were a few uh, projects that i had to postpone mm. but 
I got through kind of good. Yeah. Mentally, it was, uh, I didn't, yeah, I didn't feel that great because I love being around other people and um, talking uh, about um, how they experience their uh, entrepreneurship and how they work in their companies. It's so, uh, I learn a lot from other people and the network yeah. events are so important to me. Yeah. And they fell, uh, fell mm. all, all of them fell through because of covid so yeah. I was stuck at home 24 hours a day, <laughs> seven days a week. And I love being in my home. I really like this place, but it was a lot. And yeah. I felt kind of lonely. And mm. my husband had the luxury that he could uh, still go to his workplace and work with his colleagues. He was allowed. Uh, he could go to work mm -hmm. because it's um, a factory where he was working then. Well, I was stuck here and I really missed the contact with other female entrepreneurs because I couldn't explain, uh, I couldn't talk with uh, about my problems with them. So mm. I was stuck and had to count on myself for everything. And I yeah. was so used to go to network events and talk about my experiences, experiences, listen to other people's experiences, pick out the things that I could use and um could take to my to my own company and mm. that all fell through in that period so it were uh two very long years and now yeah. well i take every chance i can to go to other network yeah <laughs> yeah Even if it takes me to geneva <laughs> yes <laughs> um, there's worse places it yeah, can take well, you, isn't it? <laughs> exactly exactly yeah i just think it's, it's interesting to, to to bring up and touch on because you know your um as you said, a female entrepreneur and creative industries. It, it, it's um, it was a really difficult time for for creatives. Like you said, you need to bounce off other people. You need that interaction. You need that networking. I think, and for for women particularly, there was um a lot during COVID that was um made it kind of a uniquely uh kind of unique circumstances for for women that were perhaps in in um primary caregivers or in in care professions, yeah. but as well as um, in the creative industries as well so I think it's just um, kind of that lasting effects as well and I think definitely one of the things that that was touched on um, in Geneva was that importance of that um, that kind of on, ongoing networking and also that kind of mentorship side mm -hmm. of it as well um, one of the the panelists uh, on the the women leading in print discussion we had talked about kind of creating that um coaching culture a men culture of mentorship um how important is that and and I know that you've got some experience on, on the mentorship side as well it would be great for you to to talk a little bit about that as well well I had um a very strong network around me before I got started um being a full-time entrepreneur because uh, there was something called straffe uh, madame in uh, Dutch. We call, uh, I think it's the same as fierce ladies in English. Um, and it was a network agency, uh, a network event uh, for women uh, entrepreneurs or not, but in the higher um, places in companies and like board of uh, directors and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And um, there were all kind of cool things that they organized. And I start, started attending them before I got out of um, working for a printing company. So I was already going to those uh, events. 
and they really encouraged me like um just jump what do you have to lose just mm. start you you have everything already eh? you're creative you have been working for several several years so you know how to do business you know how to get your clients because you're selling in a printing company i mean it's a very challenging world so you yes. probably, you will probably succeed selling your own designs too then and they really encouraged me to take the plunge so i did and now i know that um when starters are a little bit resilient and and they're not sure like can i can i make this and can i try this um why shouldn't you try i mean the risks for me were not so big i needed a computer but already had one as most of us do mm-hmm. the car but yeah well my husband already had one so what was my what was my risk mm. okay i didn't have the monthly um my salary i had to uh, count on myself i had to lean on myself and okay i um didn't have the nice company car but well that was that was all mm. and i think the way you are in your own company is so different than when you work for a boss i mean i've been working for great bosses and got a lot of opportunities and chances there but it's so different now i take all the uh, decisions myself i get to meet great people get to um great coachings i get mm. to nice courses i can choose to yeah well um study whatever i want because yeah. i don't digital marketing marketing postgraduate uh, this year so those are all things that i decide myself i can bloom in my own way yeah yeah that so important to keep on learning and that is um when you have a mentor they can really encourage you to keep on learning and they can um help you to make the right choices because there are a lot of coaches and there are a lot of courses that you can follow but they can advise you and say like ah oh, maybe you should check out that book or that was a movie that helped me a lot or a visit mm. to the city and for being for creators or museum in that city were great so they can give you a kind of a heads up in some kind of way and yeah well kind of lead you uh, the first steps of your way uh, until you're self assured enough to find out your own, find out find out on your own so mm. it was important to me Yeah. 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 Those those women. Yeah. It's amazing. I think it's it's so important and and just looking at um you know for however many years ago and and even now but even more so um you know going back uh, a, a a few decades a couple of decades um you you need to be able to see someone in that position uh, to think that you yeah. can go and and then achieve it. So yeah. you know there would have been many women who who you know kind of blazed a trail because they actually didn't have any any women to to look up to in that way so the more we can give back um uh, to people who are who are just coming up um you know and 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 be candid and honest about your experiences and and you know because sometimes you you know you might keep your experiences or your concerns to yourself because you think well no one will understand what I'm I'm going through and to have that open relationships with people whether it's work work related or even just being a person in a work environment yeah. um it can just make such a difference yeah role models are so important when you see that someone else 
can do it, well, why shouldn't you be able to do it? I, I mean, it was for me so important to see like, okay, those are all women having smaller companies. Some of them were quite had quite big companies, but there were a lot of female um, CEOs there for their own from their own company, and I had something like okay, and they're they're doing well for themselves, and they started somewhere uh, out of nothing. They started their own company, and that worked too. And Indrik was already when I um, turned it into a full time uh, job was already thirteen years old, so mm. I already had some connections. Also, for working from working in the printing company, I had a lot of connections. So I mm -hmm. didn't really start from scratch. So for the women that are still hesitating to start uh, on their own, well, just start a side hustle and see mm -hmm. where that goes. And then you can tip your toe in the water and feel if it's something for you or not. Mm. But I was so glad that I turned it into a full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're right for people that, you know, you've kind of got that benefit. You can start a, a side hustle and then open yourself up to a community of people who who can yeah. speak to you and particularly as yeah. you as you make that leap to to making your passion your kind of full-time um you know what you make a living from so I think we're lucky to be I mean it has its problems but I think we're lucky to be yeah. in a time where there's you know that those kind of um social social networks and, and can find community that way yeah. um yeah and I think just going back to what we were talking about with within your your role you you mentioned then again that you'd worked in in printing companies mm -hmm. and um I think what you do is is so interesting to me because I'm not a designer at all or you know um and I I just look at things that you create and others create and I think wow this I wouldn't even know where to begin with something like that but I am um a, a writer and a communicator and there's that same kind of element of getting under the skin of a company and and yeah. finding that tone of voice that kind of translates across writing and communication as as well as the the art and design side of things so um first of all you know the with printing industries with printing companies it's it's such a visual and artistic industry but do you feel that um on the whole it kind of gets the importance of that strong visual identity online or do you think there's kind of ways to go just as, as someone who has worked in the printing companies and also works um you know very much in, in the digital branding space mm. um how do you think those those kind of marry together does does print need to be better at embracing online or or do you feel like they, they do a pretty good job of of um translating something so traditional as print into into the kind of the, the 21st century I think that print kind of does it really well but that mm. people just don't know all the possibilities mm -hmm. because there's so much that is really high tech and it's possible with print I saw uh, these little labels with some kind of um, electric stuff in it that mm -hmm. make it possible to um, get a message on your phone when you give this mostly it's used for uh presents and yeah. when you use a label with that kind of electric stuff in it then you yeah. can have a message on your phone so stuff like this is really awesome yeah but, but not a lot of people know it's possible yeah so i think that that print is uh developing really well but they should communicate better mm -hmm. um because i when i was working in a printing company i found it my own task to educate my clients and my customers. Like, I can't sell anything that they don't know. And if I don't talk about it, how could they even know it exists? 
Yeah. So there are so many really mad things possible in print, but well, it's not used enough and it, mm -hmm. it's not communicated enough. It's not talked about enough and exposed enough. And um, I wrote a letter to uh, a lot of printing companies when I started uh, mm -hmm. as a full-time designer, like, but where are you guys? Yeah. Why aren't you um, sending me all your nice samples and, yeah. and stuff that you can do? <laughs> Why don't you come to me and show me what you can do? Why don't you mm. talk to me? I don't even know you exist. I yeah. have to look you up on Google. <laughs> and okay, that's great, but just be a little bit more proactive and just mm. go to all these designers. And now in Belgium, there are a few companies that really understood that well and do that very, very good, mm. a very good job. They uh, have these uh, printing cafes and that's, uh, I think, three or four times a year that they organize uh, something like that. And it's an mm. event where they um, invite designers and show them all the new stuff that they can do, yeah. which is so smart to yeah. do because when I can see what they can do, I literally think about, ah, that client could use that kind of technique. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's exactly creativity like on fire when I see all those possibilities. Yeah. I, I mean, it just makes so much sense, doesn't it? Show the creatives who yeah. are going to have all these bang, bang, bang ideas yeah. in their heads, you know, what it can do. I think, yeah, you're right. It's quite, it can be quite a, um, you know, we're all, all talking to each other about, about yeah. how great it is without um, yeah. kind of showing the uh the potential and there's so much potential like you said with the, you know the, the smart packaging the particularly ah. with with um communicating with with uh you know gen z or or whatever else you want to call it even the the, the ones younger than that they they like printed things they like you know it's it's having grown up grown up in a digital world it's it it kind of denotes luxury and and premium and but they also want to, like you said, be able to scan it and, and look it up on their phone. And, and it's you need to marry those two worlds. And yeah. it's something that we do. The technology is there. The creative ideas are there. It's just making sure that it we get that out there. Mm -mm. Um, mm. and, and kind of leads us on to that combination of, of print and digital, the physical mm. and the digital, something that during... COVID was really important as well. And, and yeah. you know, from, from your perspective, you know, like I said, you've got that unique printing experience and the digital experience. I know that you offer for your clients, um, you know, there's website, social media, logo and branding design, but also direct mail, tote bag, stationery, the printing side of things. Mm -hmm. um, it all needs to tie together, doesn't it? And, and how do you kind yeah. of break, make that happen for your clients? Yeah, because... Um, a lot of clients think like, okay, branding is only a logo and a website. That's completely not true. <laughs> everything that you do yeah. as a company, what can be noticed by a client, every kind of touch point where you meet your client has to be branded, like the tone of voice. And that's uh, where copywriters like you come in. You have to hit the spot. It has to yeah. be spot on. The emotion has to connect to the right um, mm. goal uh, to the, and to the right people because you're not talking to everyone. You have a specific kind of uh, person, a specific kind of client in mm -hmm. mind when you write something. And yeah. I have a specific kind of client in my head when I'm designing something for them. And that's where print and uh, digital uh, stuff should 
meet and then you can really do magical uh, stuff because like uh, one of my clients has a really cool web shop and she um, really uh, pays attention to her packaging, which is really cool because it feels like when I get a package from her web shop, I really feel appreciated as a customer. Mm. And she puts a little card in it and a little um, sticker and some cute little stuff, uh, things that I can, yeah, well, stationery is not the the correct word, but things that I can put on my desk Mm -hmm. and um, makes my working environment a little bit more um, sparkling. Mm -hmm. And that's so nice. And that's printing stuff. All of that printing stuff. And okay, her main goal is that web shop, that has to work really uh, great and then has to be a converting website uh, because mm-hmm. she makes her money with that web shop. But it's in those small printed stuff that she so shows her appreciation to her customers mm-hmm. because they don't expect it. And a brand has to be um, an experience. It's not just like, okay, that's a nice logo. People have to be touched on an emotional way. Yeah. People don't buy Apple because they think, ah, okay, that's really that those are good things those are good phones or good computers mm-hmm. plays a part but not the smallest part the big part is ah i feel like an apple person yeah because it makes me feel like someone who is kind of ahead of stuff eh? mm-hmm. i'm ahead of things i'm a modern person those yeah. are all things that makes that touches our emotions and yeah. that's the first thing that apple starts doing touching our emotions and they're not, um, how do I say, it? they're not connecting to the fact that we have, uh, that they have a nice logo or that they have a good, cool website. They're just touching our emotions. Like, look, look what a great design our phone is and how it makes you look. That's yeah. what they're trying to do. Yeah. And that's what we should do as a designer too, combine print and digital mm-hmm. to get the right um, uh, emotion across to uh, the clients of our clients. So mm. that they really can connect to their customers. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, like you said, it needs to be that kind of seamless, you don't even notice. It's yeah. just one journey between, yeah. between physical and digital. And, and you're right. I think, you know, again, going back to to, to younger people, I, I um, there's a makeup brand I use that's only online. Yet when the packages come, it's it's like a big production. It makes me feel a real connection to it because it's so well done. The packaging is cleverly designed but also gorgeous and with little, yeah. little gifts and, and little print products inside that, that that make you feel good and make you feel a connection yeah. to it and yeah it's it's you know and if they're doing it and I'm you know that I'm probably uh, they're probably marketing at people a lot younger than me <laughs> as their targets so they must be getting that feedback that that young people like that um you know that real attention to detail in, in the print products and packaging that they're receiving yeah yeah and packaging I was really my mind was really blown when I saw in Geneva what packaging already can do because I have been um, busy in printing. When I was doing printing, it was like magazines, brochures, mm-hmm. books, not so much the packaging design. But now when I see what they can do already, this is really so great. And the um, numbers are also smaller, so you can do cool stuff. Yeah. Even when, when you have a production of lower uh, lower numbers. So there's no excuse to have sh- sh- shitty printing. <laughs> there is no excuse. There's so yeah. many cool things that you can do. And I also advise my clients to do both 
because you can't only keep touching people through the screen. You have to um, surprise them by going to their mailbox because mm. they they're not they 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 not they're not thinking of you in that way because they all they see you on Instagram, they saw your website, and when you turn up in their mailbox. Most of the time, they're pleasantly surprised. Mm. And those are things that they keep. And I mean, like when you have cool mailing, you can personalize it with their mm -hmm. first name, stuff like that. And it keeps wandering on their desk or the kitchen table. And there are a lot of people that can see that cool mailing. But uh, a nice email with a great copy and a nice visual, it's only for their eyes only. So people have to get a little mind shift and think of print in another way. It's not something that one person sees. Most of the time, a lot of people sees it. When a magazine comes through the mailbox here, I read it and my husband reads it. And when it's a nice, nice uh, edition and it keeps on lying on my uh, dinner table and friends mm -hmm. visit, like, oh, what's this? So there are a lot of people touching print. Mm. So that's something to keep in consideration too when yeah. you're in your marketing uh, mix. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 such a key part um, still. And uh, like you said, don't, don't let it fall off the table because of budgets or whatever else. It's such yeah, a key exactly. part of, of the equation. Jill, exactly. um, it's been absolutely amazing to talk to you. I don't want to take up your whole day because uh, we've been waiting to have this talk for a while and and yeah. as I suspected it has been a really really fantastic and, and fascinating discussion so oh, thank, thank you, so you thank you thank you for, for thank joining you. us on the podcast yeah thank you so much okay. for having me and thank you everybody for, for listening this has been uh Cariscop and the future print podcast and thanks again Jill thank you for listening if you enjoyed this episode you can subscribe now for more great audio content coming up and visit futureprint.tech for the latest news, partner interviews, in-depth industry research, and to catch up on content from Future Print events. We'll see you next time on the Future Print Podcast.